So we are going to start the second part of our cast and uh, the second part of our cast will be uh, Lame Talk and this is going to be pretty much covering random thoughts and talks or discussions about various topics related to the game or not related to the game, whatever. Uh, the first thing that I want to start talking about are things that we didn't really get to cover in the first cast. So in the first rehearsal cast, there were a couple of things on our list that we really didn't get around to. So, uh, let's see. The, f the one thing I want to start with is community discussion, and specifically the Reddit community. Uh, the Reddit community, Reddit's great. Everybody in Reddit, for the most part, are great. And there are a lot of people that contribute to the community in various ways, not just uh, the three of us, of course, but there are other people who will, we may or may not have on the show at different points uh, later down the line. But the first thing that uh, I want to talk about is our upcoming guest next month. So hate mail. And I think Doom has uh, some points on that. I think it looks like Doom is back. So Doom. Hey. Yeah. What's up? What are we talking about? I, uh, I found some pizza combos. I'm basically <laughs> stoked right now. <laughs> <laughs> Planning dinner already. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking about community discussion, specifically Redditors and uh, people who contribute a lot to the community. And the first person I wanted to bring up was Hate Mail. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Hate Mail is basically the paragon of our community. Like, I'm trash compared to that guy. <laughs> Dude, you, the work he does on his hacker posts, like, <laughs> okay, funny story. Sorry, DP, I'm throwing you under the bus on this one. When DP was trying to handle the whole hacker thing on his own, he locked hate mail's uh, post thing, and that was enough to get me to get back into modding and be like, no, DP, you need to unlock that. It's too good. We can't keep it locked. And, yeah, dude, hate mail's so cool. Also, he's a Floridian like me, so I'm, you know, it's that's cool by me. <laughs> okay, any that bromance. On, yeah, any thoughts on? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely provided a lot for the community, and he definitely does a lot of good work. So, a shout out to him. Thanks for what you do, man. The main thing that I, I appreciate from Hate Mail was, of course, his hacker detection, uh, all that, all that stuff that he went into uh, a couple months ago. Uh, that helped alleviate a huge problem, especially I think that a lot of what he did uh, reached WB clearly. <clears throat> but his videos that he posts are quite interesting for me to watch because I wouldn't say that I'm a free-to-play player, but I'm definitely not a whale. So when I see someone like him playing and the videos that he makes with the rosters that he has, it's crazy to see what he can do. And it just shows that element of the game that you that a lot of people I think on the most part will never get to see right so it's really really interesting to watch any thoughts yeah his videos are good yeah okay when I have time to catch them <laughs> okay well moving on uh, the next the next person to talk about well we'll talk more about hate mail when he's on the show so uh, the next person to talk about uh, is Clay Twad. Uh, he took over for our good friend Syncrux, who is no longer with us, I think. What was the reason why Syncrux left again? Do you guys remember? I think he died. Not literally? I, I don't think that was what it was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think Actually, maybe in-game he did, but I don't think he died. I mean, he made a, uh, 
I remember he made a post about it. I think he just got fed up with the game, honestly. Yeah, I think it was the changes, actually. He didn't care for too many changes with no communication. <clears throat> and some of the reworks and stuff, I think, sent him over the edge. Yeah. Plus, on top of that, that was right around the time that, like, Reverse Flash and all of them really got, like, cranking up and going. So he probably just got tired of the stale meta at the time, too, because back then it was basically just Reverse Flash uh, and then three other goons. Reverse Flash, uh, CAGA, and then Doge and Supergirl. And that was basically all you had. So, you know, yeah. understandably, he probably left because of that. But we miss him. If you're listening, St. Crux, I miss you. You were cool. So, I mean, you know. Come back, please. <laughs> For those of you who don't really know, uh, Syncrux before he he was uh, known for making his lists, uh, sorry, his tier lists for PvP and uh, basically evaluating characters in terms of leadership and non-leadership abilities and uh, team compositions, etc. And they were really useful, especially uh, me personally. I I was reading them and I actually made a lot of my team-based decisions around what he uh, what he was talking about too. And uh, luckily for us, Clay Twad, uh, another great member of the community, picked up the reins, and he's doing a great job too. So, yeah, more power to him. Yeah, I like Clay. I'm not going to lie. I like the cut of his jib. Now, this is going to be familiar because, yeah, I like everybody for the most part. I don't like some people in our community, but you know, they're, they're banned. They're gone, whatever. You know, <laughs> but, like, Clay is super cool. I don't know if you guys have actually had, like, a one-on-one talk with the guy, but he's, like, he's a super smart dude. Like, I was like, whoa, I thought you were just some guy, but, you know, you're not just some guy, you're the guy. So, yeah, he's a cool guy. I I had the chance to work with him a bit when myself, him, Aeropox were actually all doing the uh, individual character discussions for a little while. And that (laughs) kind of stopped as I kind of lost interest for a while, little while. Obviously, I'm back now, but I still haven't been able to contribute on the Reddit quite as much as I would like to. So yeah, I have gotten a chance to talk to him. He's a really good guy. I haven't had a chance to personally talk to him yet, but I, I could imagine him being a great person. The, the way he writes and the, <clears throat> the sort of little bit of humor that he puts into his uh, his tier lists, like it, it really shows what type of person he is, too. So, I'll uh, probably have him on the show at some point, too. <clears throat> okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about in terms of the community, with a lot of the changes that are happening, uh, Syncrux we just mentioned left uh, for some of those reasons as well. There are there were a lot of people quitting the game or quitting the community or quitting alliances or whatever, um, mainly based on a couple of things, uh, the, the changes to the game in general, and then uh, that people thought were just too much all, all, like all at the same time, and then the fact that it weren't it wasn't really being communicated by WB. What do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. That's pretty much. I mean it's Yeah, I mean you hit it. Mm-hmm. That's basically all it is. If they told us ahead of time, we would have been fine. They didn't tell us ahead of time. It wasn't fine. Uh, you know, lessons for the future. They've obviously taken to one of the lessons cuz they actually told us ahead of time this time, but We'll see how long it lasts. 
Now, how do you feel about the actual members leaving? Because there are certain members of the community who are, even though like maybe some of them weren't huge, but they're members of our community and they're no longer with us, right? And even members like uh, Commander Lendat, for example, he's still around, but he he was really making it uh, vocal, saying that you know the game is sort of losing interest for him and it's sort of dying down, for example. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... I left, and the only reason I'm even technically back is specifically because podcast, and then it turned into, oh, okay, podcast, and maybe redoing my insights and discussions, which turned into, oh my god, they're fixing the HP bug and chemo is actually good, what? And then I stayed. But <laughs> I, I might leave again, I don't know, you know, if the game hits another plateau where it's just like, okay, it's getting stale again, then yeah, I'll leave, you know, because... I mean, what it comes down to is it's a game. If it's not enjoyable for you, then what's the point of playing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. That's definitely the hardest thing about uh, these types of games. When you have uh, new things coming up all the time, uh, the, the main thing is trying to keep everything uh, fresh and trying to keep that interest in the player and keep them wanting more. The problem is that when you uh, increase like difficulty hurdles or when you implement new changes, if it's not communicated well, then you're going to get a lot of sort of negative feedback from the community in the sense that why, why now? Why all of a sudden? That's the main thing. If, you, if you're transparent about it, then people won't really be salty about it. They're only salty about it mm. when it's something they don't know. Dead shot pack. <laughs> yeah, about that Deadshot pack. It reminds me of a pack last month of a character that caused you to quit. <laughs> no, not exactly. I mean, sort of. Okay, the thing that made me quit was freaking 16k for Joker shards and then stealth nerfing him into oblivion. Like, this is different. This is... This is 2K for 25. It's standard price. And if they nerf them after that, that's fine. Whatever. Buyer beware. <laughs> okay. Well, um, moving on from that, the in terms of the Reddit community again, uh, recently there's been a little bit of people coming, like a little bit of talk of people harassing and trolling and not being very nice let's just put it that way on reddit and us as mods our job is to police that and to get you know to keep people in line or rather deal with troublemakers what are your thoughts on that topic because clearly there was a mini issue that was quickly dealt with and swept under the rug uh i mean you know i i guess it'd be more accurate to say our job isn't to police people. People's jobs are to police themselves. It's our job to step in when they break the rules. So, you know, we're not policing them. We're not standing there like, oh, you better not break the rules. Da, da, da. Like, we're just like, okay, you're doing whatever. Oh, no, you broke the rules. Let's handle this well. Unfortunately, one of the members decided not to handle it well and, in fact, was quite rude. So, yeah, we offered him a chance to defend himself against some accusations against him, and he replied back with a rather vulgar message, which I won't repeat here for the uh, <laughs> younger audience members like Prophet. And, uh, <laughs> you know. 
To be fair, but, I think I think I put in my description of the uh, the lame talk segment that uh, this would be the rated R version, or the rated R segment. So you could go off a little bit if you wanted to. No, it, uh, basically he was just kind of being douchey about it, and he was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna, you know, blah blah blah." And then I was like, "Hey man, you're in trouble. You're being accused. Here's your summons. Basically, talk to us. Give us any evidence you think you need." Uh, here's your charges. Here's everything levied against you, blah, blah, blah. And the message he replied back, I will not repeat because it's our job to be respectful and not repeat private, you know, messages between us and other people. Cause you know, if he didn't want that getting out, then I don't want to be the guy to break his trust. Even if he's banned, he was a member once, but plain to say, I said, if you break any other rules, you forfeit your right to defend yourself because obviously you're not actually trying to be good. And his reply in itself broke a rule. And I was like, okay, fine. You don't get to defend yourself. And then uh, I got a few more choice messages, which were rather rude, but it didn't play any part in my judgment. Like whatever, if he's being douchey, I don't care because, you know, if he's being douchey, he's being douchey. That's fine. But the fact is he broke the rules he forfeited his chance to defend himself, and the evidence was clear. We banned him. So, you know, he is probably a nice guy deep down, I'm sure. Off of the internet, he's probably super cool, donates to charity, works in a soup kitchen, all that jazz. <laughs> but You have a pretty, pretty optimistic but, view of people. <laughs> I mean, I like to believe the best in people, but as it stands, as it happens, he broke the rules, chose not to defend himself, and broke the rules again. We did our jobs. That's all there is to it, really. You know, like, as much as I would love to vent to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's this, this guy's that. No, it, it comes down to we did our jobs, and that's all there is to it. If we start getting super opinionated about it and the people we enforce to, then it makes us look bad. It kind of invalidates our purpose as moderators, as defenders of the people that we're trying to serve. You know, when we're basically putting them up on a picket on a podcast. So I'll abstain. Although I appreciate the chance to, uh, you know, do whatever. But speaking of pet peeves, what about you guys? Do you have any pet peeves? Mine is people who can't obey the rules. <laughs> Ogre? DP, go ahead. On me? Okay. I know you got something to say here. My, my main thing is just people who, who type the entire message of a post in the subject line and nothing in, this, in the actual text. <laughs> that bothers me so much. Because when you see... Oh my god. <laughs> I hate those two. <laughs> no, but I think there's two reasons for this. One, people are just dumb. That's the first one. The second one is because people are sending, uh, they're, they're clicking the link, uh, send like what's a submit a link button. And when you submit a link, you can't actually type in the text box because the, the content is the link, right? So <clears throat> what they do in that case is they type everything in the subject line. I get that, but they shouldn't really do that. What they should be doing is write a small, a short title of what the link's about, send the link, and then post a reply on, to, on that uh, with the content of what you want to write. So, yeah. yeah, and I mean, I personally don't mind it if it's something like, here's the title of it, but the title basically covers, you know, the whole thing in like five words. Right. That's fine. If it's something as simple as like, legendary order two for, I don't know, doomsday. Then in that case, I'm like, okay, it, you're putting your question out front. That's fine. It annoys me because I have an insight and discussion about this, but whatever, it's fine. I'll let it slide this time. But, you know, 
Ogre, do you have any pet peeves? Uh, my only real big pet peeve would be people who don't know how to use the amazing uh, thing that Doom put together for the subreddit. Compendium? The, uh, the compendium? The compendium. Yeah, that thing. If If you guys haven't seen it, look at it. In detail, there is a lot of information, and yes, some of it is outdated, but it's still a lot of really good information. Yeah. Most of it's outdated, I think, by this point, because like Gear 11, <laughs> none of my insights and discussions are right anymore, which is enraging. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get that, because all my stuff for the Gear 10 characters and team comps that I built are all out the window now, too. I get it. Well, I mean, it was a different time, so... Okay, so, um, there were uh, there were a couple of things too. Well, let's move on from there. Um, do you want to talk about certain random things off topic? Because yeah, there was a lot to talk about these days. Um, anything specifically in terms of uh, comic, TV, or movie related news for you guys? It was super good. Oh, I thought you didn't watch movies. <laughs> I don't, but. I watched someone post up a uh, kill count synopsis of it. The kill scenes were brutal, but they were very good. And I've already seen the first It movie like a billion years ago. And, you know, whatever. It's fine. So, but yeah, no, the new It movie looks brutal, but looks super good. And everyone's talking about it. So I think that's cool. As far as like DC stuff goes, though, uh, I don't know. Uh, let me think. What's it called? Uh the new Batman animated movie with Harley Quinn in it. Oh. Yeah. I'm actually excited. Uh, I want to see that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, it yet, but I want to. Dude, Nightwing gets laid. It's super, like, it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Spoiler. Come on, man. Excitement. Uh, hey, I, I mean, his name's Dick. You you know it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> oh, that was wow. Good. That was good. That was good. The, that reminds me a lot. I say, of that's the, actually uh, the thing I like about the DC animated. They they are a lot more gritty, that, a lot that, more adult oriented. That reminds me a lot of the uh, the Killing Joke movie that uh, the Batgirl Batman scene. Yeah, uh, that was that was that was something else. But I was I always thought if that was just exceptional, just because uh, of the fact that it was based on a graphic novel rather than the like the actual series. You know what I mean? A little bit less canon. Yeah. I mean, I liked the Killing Joke. I thought it was pretty good. I prefer Death in the Family, but Killing Joke's also pretty good. But I still don't understand the ending. I, like, I'm half sure Batman kills the guy. They just laugh. Wait, they just laugh with each other. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, actually, on what happens. But, yeah, pretty sure Batman kills a guy. <laughs> Maybe not. It's, it's one of those sort of, like, Inception endings, you know? What really happens? <laughs> That's a movie I still haven't seen. I still haven't seen Inception. <laughs> I hear people talk about it all the time, and I still haven't seen it. I mean, if you if you haven't watched Inception by this point, and I'm not gonna like you know tiptoe around. This yeah, movie. I'm probably not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not going to. So okay. Uh, in terms of what Doom was saying, it uh, it was it, one of the movies that was rated like one of the best horrors of all time, right now. Like it's up there in terms of rating. So the fact that it's a horror movie with such a high rating is actually a feat in, in and of itself. So yeah. Uh, well, the fact that it's a remake with an actor 
I don't think I've ever heard of who's trying to replace Tim Curry, one of the greatest actors in the last, you know, long time. Like, I think that says something in and of itself. So, and it's, and it's doing, it definitely had a lot to live up to. And apparently it did. So. So speaking of scary clowns, how about that North Korea? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Uh, like they're just shooting clown. missiles everywhere. Like, do you see the news nowadays? Like, Japan's just probably just getting ticked off by this point because every other day they're like, "Oh man, missile alert on my phone. I guess I better go hide somewhere for five minutes." So, uh, I'm so I, I'm I was gonna actually talk about this specifically from the Japanese point of view. We we got a note an alert on our phones, um, but not like dramatic alerts unless you lived in Hokkaido, the northern part of Japan. Uh, when I mean dramatic alerts, it's like your every phone, every mobile phone, and most uh, things connected to the internet with a with sort of an alarm system, they'll go off if it's connected to the Japanese network, and they'll go off with like a very loud like buzzing noise or a loud like sort of like siren type of noise, and uh, then you look at your phone, and you'll see like a giant wall of text in Japanese so- showing, you know, what happened, what's the state of emergencies. And usually it's with uh, due to uh, earthquakes or something, right? Like a huge earthquake coming. And w- this time around, since I don't live in Hokkaido, I got an alert on my phone that was sort of like a regular text message sound, right? And then I saw that and it was like, oh, a missile was launched like five minutes ago. The fact that, that we had the alert within five minutes was amazing for me. But then I thought about it and like, where was the missile either within that time span? And then I checked on the news later. Can you did did you guys know that the speed of the missile was is was so fast? From the time that it launched from North Korea, it already passed uh, Japan within the span of five to ten minutes. Like it yeah, actually, wow! Like five to ten minutes—that's ridiculously fast. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And the intended, like, they were going on about it, like, oh, what, a month ago or more than that now, about how their initial target was Guam. So, and the Japanese media was saying, why did they launch it, like, you know, just past Hokkaido into the uh, the Pacific Ocean? Uh, because if you think about the trajectory and the distance between where, where they aimed for, it would be roughly the same distance as if they pointed it southwards towards Guam. Honestly, I'm just waiting for of everyone just to be like, you know what? Just screw it, whatever. Just wipe them off the map. China, you can have whatever's there. That's fine, whatever. We we don't need it. Just get rid of these kids with hand grenades, please. Like that's a very, you know, that's that's not the best way to look at it, obviously, but like they're like, oh, we're gonna missile this, we're gonna missile that. But you already know like the moment they do, they basically get erased from history because everyone's just going to be like, yeah, no. So, plus, like, South Korea's straight up been like, you know, if we wanted to, we could literally just murder your leader. Like, we we can hit your thing very accurately. We have projections. They were showing, like, like, they're dropping on, like, a building where they just blow him up. Oh, yeah, the bunker busters? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, what's actually? I am curious since you live in Japan land. Uh, what's your guys's like 
like do they talk about like oh here's what we're gonna do if it turns to this or do they just kind of play it off like yeah it'll be fine that's actually they have gundams they'll be fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we have the future technology we, we we keep it hidden we have we have gundams and evangelions but <laughs> uh, they're sick of their zoids on them yeah jeez oh, um but you know you know, honestly, there there was a sec there was a section um, of the news recently where they were comparing uh, Japanese emergency protocol to Korean South Korean North uh, emergency protocol. Did you know that in South Korea, the majority of their uh, subway tunnels and underground tunnels are all bunkers, are all like uh, shelters, they're bomb shelters. So they're they're they because they're constantly at war. Well, they're continuously at war with North Korea technically, right? It's been ongoing for what over. 50, 60 years, they, they've installed all the precautions so that in case people start throwing big, giant flying bombs at each other, then you just go underground and hopefully you'll be safe. But Japan doesn't have any of that, really, infrastructure. Because we, we were, well, uh, due to the ceasefire and General HQ uh, coming over to Japan saying, you know, you're no longer able to have a standing military, we're only allowed to have a defensive force. Uh, there wasn't really the need for defensive precautions. So I think, personally, that Japan is super vulnerable. Um, but that being said, the Japanese Defense Force were, sh- were showing off their military might, quote-unquote, uh, with their anti-missile ballistic missiles, uh, their anti-missile technology. So they're showing that like, if missiles do cross Japan, they're ready for it. But I'm not really sure what the extent of that is. I- I think one thing, though, if Japan does get hit, the rest of the world will take care of the problem, like <laughs> yeah. Doom said earlier. Like, there is not going to be any question about little brother being safe, because at yeah. this point, Japan is everybody's little brother. Like, honestly, well, I, I would say everyone but China's little brother. I think China still kind of doesn't like Japan, but... Like, <laughs> I think they would get over it. But, yeah, basically the only thing keeping whatever from happening now is, like, Russia and China are like, please just talk this out. Please don't fight. Please just talk it out. And, you know, I can understand China's reasoning for it because they're like, oh, man, if America comes through and takes it, then we're just straight up locked in because, you know, North Korea is kind of a trade partner. We don't want them to have the entire peninsula. I can understand that from a military political standpoint. But, like, I'm pretty sure that if North Korea actually missiles somewhere, I don't think either China or Russia are going to step in and be like, whoa, 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 we need to talk it out. Like, they're probably just going to, like, throw up their hands and be like, all right, Larry, we tried. You're on so, your own, dude. Yeah, basically. If we turn the topic back around to uh, what their initial intentions were, well, I mean, Kim Jong-un saying that he wanted to uh, hit Guam. Whatever happened to that? Like, do people just sort of forget that, that that's happening? Because I remember there was a couple of people who live in Guam uh, on the Reddit who were saying that they were actually going through a lot of uh, precautions and preparing, like, water and uh, their shelters and so on. Uh, I mean, it's not that people forgot, per se. But over here in the States, people were more like, oh, my God, Parvi. Oh, my God, Irma. Duh. And then we got a new tropical storm in the Caribbean now that's going to go and sweep through the same exact islands again. Like, yeah, it's just stormy over here, but no one's really forgotten. Everyone knows that Guam's in danger. Just with, there's nothing we can really do, I guess, would be the way to put it. Like, we can't just. Our hands are tied. 
currently. Yeah, we we can't actually go over to Guam and set up a ballistic missile defense systems or anything like that because Russia be and China are like in Guam. Yeah, like, but they're not completely defenseless. The U.S. does have bases in Guam. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we can't go over there and install new infrastructure because no, Russia and China are both like, please don't do that. That's way too close to our places. Please don't. So, you know. I was reading. It, it's a bunch right. of. And we're just trying to be respectful to them at this point. It's like, okay, we'll let you guys try to handle this. We'll step in if we need to, but you guys do your thing. It's basically you know, a bunch like, of red tape, I think. I was reading something yeah, online. Yeah, it really where, is. I was reading something online where they're saying that uh, if North Korea launches a, a, a missile towards Guam, it would have to go over Japan and over uh, in that sort of southern di- direction, right? So they, it would have to cross over either the, the section of Kyushu or Okinawa in Japan, which both have U.S. military bases. And in those sections, um, the, the U.S. military presence there were saying that, well, if it crosses over this area, we have anti-missile defenses set up so we could shoot down the missile as it's crossing, right? But I was looking at the sort of uh, the science behind missiles and rockets in general. They have to launch really high past into the stratosphere and past it so that it goes like sort of it arcs all the way up and then all the way back down. So that's why that's how it travels so fast, right? Rather than going across, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the question is, if it goes up high enough, can you actually still shoot it down anymore? Because there's a sort of there's a problem with gravity at certain point, right? So, and a lot of their their talk was about dealing with it as it's uh, as it's happening, right? Or after the fact it's happening. Even President Trump was saying, you know, if if Guam gets attacked, then North Korea will see, you know, some kind of. He said something really stupid, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyways, uh. anyways my my point of my point is that he finally. Uh, was saying that they'll do something after the fact, right? Well, isn't after the fact way too late at that point? I mean, people die, right? So if he nuked, uh, if he nukes an island out of existence, you're gonna just you know nuke them out of existence too? I mean, people have already died. That's the problem, right? Well, I think I think what you're experiencing is normal for obviously being fearful about it. But I was in the military. I know what the capabilities of certain things are. And it's just, it's one of those things that you can't really, you can't really say what you're going to do until it happens kind of thing. But at the same time, I do know that the U.S. Navy fleet that is in the Pacific would have capability to counter-strike that missile as well. Oh, really? So it is possible that there have uh, ships nearby that would be able to, to stop a missile before it hit Guam. Okay. Would be my guess. That's reassurance at least. At least a little bit. I mean, that, that would be my guess. I mean, there's no obviously way to see it for sure, but especially since I haven't been in the military for, you know, 10 years. It's just one of those things that I do know that they are capable of. That's interesting. I mean, I was in the military too, but the Canadian military is not on the same level as the American military. <laughs> yeah. You're cutting in and out. I can't oh, hardly I was, hear you. I was saying that I was also in the military, but the Canadian military isn't the same as the American military. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that and plus I was in logistics, so I sat behind a desk. Yeah, I, w- I was just construction, so I was ground crew, but I got to see a lot of that stuff when we invaded Iraq because I was in, involved in that. So okay. well, I, I mean, saw some things. 
you saw some things, but not enough things to give you uh, PTSD, right? <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. All right, so moving on from wartime stuff. Yeah. Uh, How about Hurricane Irma? Yeah, closer to home. <laughs> well, I oh, mean, technically, him. yeah, closer to home for me. Uh, so, yeah, Florida. Luckily, I'm in the part of Florida where nothing happens, and that kind of carried over to this time, too, because nothing happened. Hey, nice. But unfortunately, the entire, like, south one-third of Florida is a death trap, and none of the infrastructure is really there anymore. Not to mention some island countries are basically wiped off the map now, like 190% destruction. It's just a big mess, but, you know... Uh, I think hate mail was actually in the path of it and it turns out he's okay. That's a good offer to let him stay up here. Cause I knew it wasn't going to actually kill us, but you know, he turned me down and he was like, nah, we got plans, stuff like that. Plus they have a big dog and I have a little dog. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause that'll go well. Yeah. But you know, hurricane Irma, pretty big deal. There's another tropical storm. It's probably also going to become a big deal. So you know, I'm, hopefully everyone's safe. That's my main concern. If everyone is safe and no one died in our community, I'm perfectly fine with that. I know there's a lot of people like put out because of the storms and because of the hurricane. So there was <clears throat> there was a period where I think a couple of my alliance members even were saying that we, they weren't going to be active because they wouldn't have internet connection. So how about you on your case? Was there any blackouts or anything? Me or owner? You, specifically. I'm pretty sure he's oh. talking to you. <laughs> uh, no. Like, I mean, everything around here closed for two days because they were like, oh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But, yeah, we didn't even really get even, like, a little rain or anything. We got a little bit of wind. That's about it. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of uh, the destruction on the news, like, over going over the uh, the Caribbean islands, like, going over the French uh, the French territories. Those those places got hit bad. Like it was it was rough. I was a uh, I was uh, praying for you Americans when it when it was when it was gonna hit uh, Florida. Well, what happened, to everybody? I'm still here. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out where my dog is barking from. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, on a storm-related... I hate to be that guy, but we're running into almost 5.30 at this point, and I have to do something at 6, or before 6. Uh, well, that's uh, not okay. We just kind of move so, the questions at this point. Let's go to community yeah. questions, and then we'll wrap things up. So, uh, this part of the, the podcast, we were planning to talk about... Uh, sorry, planning to address questions from the community. Uh, some questions from Reddit, and some questions from the chat. So... First, we'll talk about some questions uh, from the that were posted on Reddit and by some other users. And then as we are uh, addressing those questions, if you guys who are listening live want to ask us any questions, go ahead and type them in the chat and we'll uh, call you out. So uh, we'll jump right into it. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is something coming off from uh, a Tech Paradox in the in the Reddit post that I put up there. He posted a few couple of questions that we already talked about uh, in terms of uh, level 80, gear 11. And the one topic that he, the one question that he put here that he fixed after uh, seeing the uh, the update announcements 
was, and I'll read it directly off the uh, post, is, well, with the recent announcement of heal immunity preventing re- resurrection, this is this pretty much acts as the expected bullet uh, magic bullet fix. That then leads into a different question. What are your opinions on magic bullets in competitive games? Have you ever played any other games that used similar mechanics? My reason for asking th- uh, is that fixes like these have been around figuratively forever, and the earliest one I can recall running into was uh, was used in the Star Trek collectible chart card game. I played that. Uh, back in 1994, <laughs> so uh, when right. they introduced a specific card in an expansion pack that was direct counter to the prevent uh, to prevalent meta deck strategy, that has arisen due to the certain card games uh, cards broken game mechanics. So uh, I think we can all relate to this. Yeah, I think we all have played Magic at some point, actually. So yeah, so yeah, Magic is a perfect example of uh, this type of mechanic fix. Um, for example, in the case of uh, Wizards of the Coast, the creators of Magic the Gathering, there are many times where they they have released a new set and they don't really look over a certain card uh, very in-depth and they find that, oh, well, it combos with this really, really easily and it's completely broken. So. There's two things that will happen. One, in the next set that comes up, or the next couple of sets that comes up, they'll introduce ways to uh, deal with that one specific card, or they'll outright ban it. They'll outright just like, nope, we're going to get rid of this. Sorry, it was a mistake. And I think uh, Ogre and I uh, know exactly how that is in the current standard meta game. Ogre? Yeah, it's definitely... There's always been silver bullets. Like, even from way back in the beginning of Magic, there's been silver bullets. You can look at red elemental blast, blue elemental blast. Right. Like, there's always ways around things. The Usually a game designer is going to try and put those things inherently into the game just to make sure something doesn't get out of hand. And it's it's the rare occasion that it does get out of hand when all of a sudden people notice the silver bullet. So what what's your thought on the need for those silver bullets? I think they are a necessity. You, you, as a game designer, you worry that oh, what if this is too powerful? You know, so you have to in, innately build into the game a way to check it, so that there's checks and balances for everything in order to make the game balanced. If you don't put those in, then all of a sudden one thing becomes overpowered, and that's the same thing we saw what happened with the HP bug in DC Legends, because of the lack of HP, speed and crit became that much more powerful. So it'll be interesting to see when that gets fixed, how much the meta actually shifts. Yeah, honestly, the idea of quote unquote perfect balance is a white buffalo. You're never going to actually find it. Like, (laughs) it, it doesn't matter what game it is. Like, you could throw out pretty much any game except for like chess and checkers, which has two people competing against one another in the modern day. And there isn't some kind of like balance input into it. Like, let's say, I don't know, Pokemon, the advent of dark and steel types to counteract the psychic types, which were way too strong. You think Yu Gi Oh! and you have things like Dragon Capture Jar or uh, Final Day of the Witch, which counteract very heavy things of those types. Uh, you think, uh, oh, you think freaking, uh, what's, what's it called? The Pokemon trading card game. There it is. And even there, they rebalanced certain mechanics 
in the next expansion after the fossil packs in order to counteract very, very, very prevalent, like, wins every time strategies. Like, you had uh, weaknesses changing from, like, times two to just plus 30 or plus 20, and, like, that changed to everything. And you also had a bunch of different changes. Basically, balance is a lie. Everything is going to be unbalanced, and there's always going to be a need for magic bullets. The thing that dictates whether a game is good or bad balance is basically how badly the bullet is needed and how big of a bullet you need. So basically, like DC Legends, for example, the HP bug fix, that's a small bullet, but it's a desperately needed bullet. So that's bad balance. I think it's versus say like when you're saying small bullet big bullet does that mean like the the size of the impact or like kind of small bullet means like oh we change a you <laughs> small bullet means oh we change a unit in the code it's fixed big bullet is like we need to rework an entire uh. part of the game to fix it so like I, I guess it's more uh intensity I guess yeah. okay but uh yeah, like yeah. also like the uh, the arrows, for example, introduce a character that counters the arrows, and then introduce another one, and then introduce another one, and then finally come out with Aquaman. That's multiple small bullets for a not very needed problem because the problem became less and less. Like by the time Aquaman came out, uh, the arrows were pretty much already decently countered, but now they were completely shut out. So you know. Take from that what you will. Balance is kind of a thing that varies. It's funny that you mentioned the arrows because if you talk about EAGA in that sense, then if you think about, for example, as we were just talking about magic, how they introduce certain cards to counter certain uh, certain other cards, um, and the other alternative is to ban or restrict them completely. If you think about how they reworked EAGA in terms of his abilities, because he basically never does Storm of Arrows anymore, is that, in a sense, if you think about it, like a banning or like a limitation to the character rather than uh, just installing a magic bullet? Even though they, they did put bullets in place to fix him, but it feels like on top of fixing the way his AI works, it's like another... It's like they're banning or restricting on top of it having the magic bullets there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's ultimately where the game is going to end up going. Not to be like naysaying or anything, but I feel like the game's basically just loading more bullets into the gun <laughs> because every time they release something that counteracts the current thing, nothing counteracts the new thing. So they need to load another bullet in the gun to counteract that thing. But, oh, look, nothing counteracts this new thing. So there goes another bullet. Eventually, they won't need any more bullets because it'll just cycle back through and you'll have a complete circle. But until that point... We're basically going to be looking at how broken is this character for this month, because after this month they might not be broken anymore. Okay. Uh, do you want to pick up some of the questions that people asked you, Doom, uh, specifically? Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, we already talked about why no one's talking about Vixen. She's like her kit looks like it's a jack of all trades, master of none. It's actually pretty good, but just. By the look of it, it's not great, and that's understandable. Uh, Multi-turns, if the game is viable, uh, you know, Doomsday in them, which we already said, yeah, basically, once the HP bug gets fixed. And then the game cycling I literally just talked about. Uh, 
uh, ooh, if they fix HP, does it make characters viable, or does it just shift the unviability towards the faster characters who can't kill anymore? No, no, I think that characters will just have to start finding new niches aside from basically one-shot shotguns. But it, it should work out pretty fine. And then finally, will sustain finally be a thing with Overhill? I hope so, honestly. I hope they take Survival Suit Lex and either make his leader a passive or give him a new ability that makes his heals become overheals. Whole, but otherwise... What, what, is, what, is, what do they actually mean by sustain? Is it, like This is an ability that I'm not actually familiar with. Oh, uh, sustain is basically like just out-healing the damage being dealt to you. It's the uh, equivalent to grunt. Yeah. Or uh, I guess in magic terms, it would basically be like a... Lifelink. Oh, yeah. It's it's a white-green deck, basically. Oh, it's like you're you're gaining the damage. You're you're gaining the damage outputted back. Like uh, it's more like uh, while you're ramping up, you're just out healing what they're doing to you to stop you. So you'll eventually reach the end game where you're just innately stronger. So imagine like Doomsday. If Doomsday had ten turns to auto attack you, you'd never kill him. Sustain is basically saying, let's ensure those ten turns happen. Now, if that actually does happen, would that be good for the game? I, I think so. I think there's enough uh, place, enough things in place, to where you can counteract it, because you know heal immunity obviously sustain stops because you're not healing. But I think that it would be good to have that avenue to where you can say, hmm, this team is an aggressive team with a huntress and a whatever. I'm going to run Sustain with Lex Luthor and Doomsday and like Wonder Woman, Doge, and whatever. And I'm just going to outheal all of his output. And eventually, I'll win. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, I'm really hoping for Sustain to be, be a thing too. Or just, in general, tankiness be a thing. Uh, characters like Bane, he really doesn't need a buff. He's still really strong. He just never found a niche because he's so slow and never had the HP that he was supposed to. So once he has the HP he was supposed to, and it can mend all of that healing starts happening and he's overhealing, like he's going to become an absolute monster and his speed will be irrelevant. So I think this is going to be a good thing. Yeah. Like Bane, I think I did the math on it. And after gear 11, Bane ends up with like, almost 30,000 health on his own. Like, I think he's at, like, 29,000 or 30,000 exact. And yeah, then with the with the HP fix, I think he's just under 40,000. And I think Solomon Grundy ends up being at, like, 42, 43k for HP after the fix. So, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to slapping Grundy with a 9-mend mirror buff and then just watching him become, like, a massive meat shield. That sounds seriously terrible. <laughs> okay. Or here's one for you: have Ivy use her taunt and give him like nine stamina ups or oh something. Oh god! Oh good lord! <laughs> um. Okay. Let's let's go on to questions from the chat. There was a couple uh, posted there by uh, Red Wing. So there was the the one that I see directly in front of me was. In your opinion, uh, would a new way to farm green essence, level three materials, and XP balls, I think he means the uh, XP meta agents, 
uh, be useful yeah. to deal with the new level cap? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that those are the things that they're going to be addressing when they have that new way to farm Swamp Thing. I'm really hoping for some additional content at this point. Some Wait, hold on. Uh, oh, I see, I see the question now. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just really hoping for some new content where we get additional PvE levels because we could really use some new PvE levels. It's There hasn't been any since the game was created unless you want to count Red Alerts, which, again, I count as PvP light, so... Some PvE would be nice. Yeah, honestly, I don't think that a new way is necessary so much as we need to increase what we currently have. Like, uh, well, okay, well, let me go ahead and preface this by saying I don't think we need to make gear easier to get. That's just me. I think gear is one of those things that if you make it too easy to get, then the gap becomes bigger because then people who can spend more can get way more out of their stuff than people who can't. But... Definitely, we need more green essence, and we need more XP balls, I guess, you know, the meta agents. And uh, just changing the uh, just changing the story mode things to give you 50% more on, you know, your clears, that would be enough. Or even, you know, having heroic modes literally continue off of where the uh, essence value from the previous one came up, which they already kind of do. But the ratio is not exact. If they could do that and then also increase everything by 50%, we'd be set. We wouldn't even need to have any issues because it would be not too hard to get like one, two, three million green essence with like $5. You know what I mean? Yep. I completely agree with you. I think the, on my point of view, like, I think what they, I'd love, I'd love to have more PVE content, like Ogre said, like more chapters or more levels. Uh, more nodes but if they just change what's being outputted on the current levels and the current chapters because i think that they didn't really design they didn't really design the game to to get to this point uh where current like where where it currently is is where they started the game a year ago right so they need to update what's being outputted at each chapter each node that's what i feel Okay, um, there weren't other, there weren't... All right, guys, I gotta go, sorry. So we'll just wrap things up right now. So we'll say bye to Ogre. <laughs> See you later, Ogre. Bye, guys. Have bye, a good Ogre. One. Okay. And then uh, we'll wrap things up with uh, rethanking the, the artists. So again, big thanks to the Dark Knight 54 for his help with our uh, logo. And, uh, sorry, Ogre's friend David for his help with the uh, cover art and our banner for most of our uh, social media outlets and uh, for our podcast. And uh, again, we have uh, set up a pod, sorry, a Patreon page. If you want to check that out and uh, and check that out for rewards and ways to support us, that'd be great. Uh, we definitely appreciate any help uh, from you guys. And do any last words? Yeah, thank you all for listening. Of course, we wouldn't even bother doing this if we didn't have people listening in on it. So, you know, that's super cool of you guys. Also, don't forget, we do also have a Twitter. Feel free to follow us there. You'll get any updates that we have if I'm not super lazy and forget our password 800 times. And then, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we just have you guys to thank most of all. Artists are cool. We appreciate the art. But without you, there wouldn't be a need for the art. So thanks for being awesome. I'm glad you guys are sticking it out with us and dealing with us talking about bullshit for like two hours. And uh, yeah, 
I hope to see you guys again next month. Hopefully we'll have an extra guest here. That'll be fun. And uh, yeah, stay grinding. We're a little over two hours this time. We promise we'll try and uh, stick to our time as close as possible for the next time. But, you know, we're, we're getting better. Okay. A lot better the last time. I mean, to be fair, there, there was a lot to talk about this yeah. month. Yeah, so. there was a lot. Let's hope, hopefully, we'll right. slower news month next month. All right. Yep. See you later, guys. Hey, guys. This is Seth Rogen. <laughs> Wanted to give a huge shout-out and thanks to everyone for listening. <laughs> Catch us when we go live on Discord and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at The Oddsman. Feel free to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Oddsman for a variety of opportunities to help us grow and provide better content. Thanks again for your continued support. And as always, enjoy and grind on.